Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the greatest show on the internet. This is Reddit Readings, and this is episode 124 r slash Let's Not Meet. If you like our show and want to support us or want access to exclusive episodes, please take a minute to check out our Patreon. But without further ado, grab your tea and your popcorn, and let's jump right into it. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Very glad you could join me. Our first story today is in from Anonymous. I refused to be this investigator's mistress, so he stalked me. I'm gonna abstain from giving too much information because this stalker scares the shit out of me. Thankfully, he doesn't read English, so I hope he'll never find this post. Years ago, I moved to follow my boyfriend and to do a PhD in his country. I won't name the place, but it's uh, an across the ocean type of deal. At first, I was very excited. It was a wonderful adventure. Until it wasn't. It's hard to describe the complexity of what I felt. I felt alone, misunderstood, far from my family and friends, and even though my boyfriend is wonderful, I really felt the weight of not finding any human connection. This could explain why I acted so weird and disconnected from reality in the following story. I'm also a very naive woman, and I like to see the best in people around me. This has been problematic more than a few times, but this story is maybe the worst example of where this candid attitude got me. My boyfriend and I are into BDSM. We do it alone on our own and we do not participate in events or anything. I do have an account on a known BDSM website. I go there to find new ideas for our sessions and I sometimes, but rarely, post pictures. No face, no tattoos and I often wear wigs. I get contacted by interested doms once in a while, even though I clearly state I'm not free. Usually they send copy paste messages so I just ignore them. Once in a while though, I get a more personal message and make an effort to answer that I'm not interested and that I'm in a relationship. This is how my discussion with Nick started. He didn't approach me with a, will you be my sub, but with curiosity about how I got into BDSM, stating he was quite new to the domain and was interested in understanding the way of life. So I gladly explained. Explanations turned into discussions. He told me he was in the police and that he investigated drug cartels. He also told me he was married and that he had kids. Interestingly, we had a lot of hobbies in common. 
a lot. I won't go into details about those hobbies, but they're kind of specific. Feeling very lonely, combined with the fact that I felt I could trust him because he was married and had kids, I accepted his invitation to start texting on WhatsApp. I want to be clear, my boyfriend knew about this from day one. Plus, we'd been talking on this website for almost three months before switching to WhatsApp. He was very friendly and interested by my day-to-day -day life. He'd share pictures of his kids and of investigations he was working on. This went on for another three months. Then one day, he told me he had to interview a suspect close to the town where I lived and asked if I could meet for coffee. I agreed, and we met for the first time. Before anyone panics, my boyfriend was hiking with friends for a few weeks. I texted him, but he didn't have signal. Plus, we have a very trusting relationship. He has a lot of girlfriends, and back in my country, I hang out with a lot of boys. This isn't weird for us. Back to this first encounter. It felt as if we had known each other for years. We had a great time from the beginning, and I was so happy I'd found a friend far from my country. He knew I loved reading thrillers and enjoyed murder investigation videos, so he showed me his gear, handcuffs, sampling kits for small investigations, other restraints, etc. It didn't feel weird at the moment, but afterwards I kind of understood this could have been a way for him to show off what he could do. However, as the night went on, after grabbing drinks from a nearby bar, he forced me against a wall and kissed me. I was shocked really, and barely managed to push him off me. I told him it was inappropriate, that he was married and that I was in a relationship. He was really sorry and felt ashamed. He told me he felt there was something between us and I was like, yeah, it's called friendship. I was disappointed and we parted ways. Days later, after he apologized over and over again, he called me to meet up. He wanted to take me for a ride in his hometown. It's a pretty place. He's got a bike and he wants me to enjoy the scenery in this country I barely know. I agree. It's his hometown. He works there, he lives there with his wife and kids. Surely, I'll be safe. In short, I wasn't. Again, he kissed me, tried to push for more, in the middle of a park. A park where he brought his children to play on weekends. So I told him to bring me back to the bus station so I could leave. He did, and then proceeded to tell me a story about how he had recently got a drug seller out of hiding by modifying text messages sent by his girlfriend. He basically made him believe she was cheating on him to get him to confront her and then arrested him. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's possible. Due to what had just happened, what I heard was, I can make your boyfriend believe you're cheating on him and my boyfriend was still on his hike by that time. We did talk once every few days, and I told him everything from the moment he had some cell signal. Meanwhile, I was confronting Nick about that. His behavior was really strange, as he went from, I'm sorry, I think I'm in love with you, to, if you tell the cops, who do you think they'll believe, their colleague or an immigrant? I got scared and tried to cool things down with him. I just felt he could go crazy at any moment. He clearly wasn't used to girls refusing him, at that point, I thought it would be safer for me and my boyfriend to maintain contact with Nick, albeit with less enthusiasm than before. But after understanding how obsessed he was, I blocked him from all platforms where I knew he had an account. But 
he found me. He sent me my address, asking if I'd loved living in that particular part of town. I never gave him my address. Guess he could pull some strings at the station to get my info. He even came to visit me at my job. I was so scared I just played it as if everything was okay. I told him my boyfriend wanted me to cut ties with him because he was angry about what had happened, which was true, but I also wanted him out of my life. I didn't know how he would react if I told him, however. Nick insisted that I loved him, that I could be his mistress, that my boyfriend didn't have to know. He was obsessed by me and he didn't hide anymore. He told me how he wanted to fuck me, how we'd be a great couple, how he'd father our kids. He went from I'll be husband material to serial rapist in a matter of seconds. I refused again and again, blocking him, changing my accounts, etc. I got scared when I got calls from unknown numbers. I was terrified when I saw anyone slowing down on a motorcycle close to my apartment. I was wary of going outside and going to my job. The quarantine was welcomed for me, really, and I didn't get any news from him for months. And then I broke my cell phone. I knew I could transfer all my numbers from one phone to the other, but I didn't know it would unblock previously blocked numbers. Days later, I got a message from him. He told me he had divorced his wife, that he still loved me, that he wanted to marry me. He apologized for making me believe I was only mistress material and that I was worth so much more. He said my boyfriend didn't love me, that I deserved better and that he was waiting for me. When he saw that I saw his message, he said, finally, I thought you'd never unblock me. Does this mean he'd been sending this message over and over again in hopes I'd finally see it? That narcissistic man used all the manipulation tactics he knew. He had told me before we met in person how he had learned those skills to toy with criminals, to have them tell the truth and admit to crimes. Fortunately, I had dated manipulative men before and I knew the signs. Basically, he wasn't used to not getting what he wanted. He was attractive, rich, interesting, and he knew that. I blocked him again, and we moved a few months later. I just hope he doesn't get his hands on this information. I believe Nick's last move was trying to hack into my Instagram as I got a notification that someone from his hometown had tried to connect to my account. So, obsessed cop who chased me for over a year? Let's never meet again. This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. The next one is from Troubled Waves. Why I have a fear of windows. I live in a small town. You blink and you miss it. The best we can boast about is a single stop sign and a gas station which we only have because of the nearby highway. Any actual semblance of a town is 25 minutes away. So when things get scary out here, it's amplified. 
The occasional homeless person is no big deal, they're often drifting through. Drug addicts run rampant and will steal everything they can from your house, but it's the normal out here. However, what happened a few years ago certainly wasn't normal. Originally, I was dead asleep in my bed. I only woke up because it was burning hot in my room, but it was summertime and not much I could do. I just remember tossing and turning until I got a creepy feeling that fell into the pit of my stomach. I glanced over to the bathroom door that was open with the light on. Everything was normal. I left the light on so I wouldn't trip and die if I had to pee in the middle of the night. Next, I glanced at the window directly across from my bed. I had no curtains, but I did have a shitty set of blinds. Part of the blinds are broken from wear and tear, and the crappy AC output beneath it would make them move back and forth, so you'd get a glimpse outside every so often. The yard light was still going, but what made me stop was the outline at my window. The figure of someone was directly at my window, almost like it was waiting for the blinds to move to watch me. I didn't have an imagination as a child. That had been trained out of me. But the sight was enough to pour every horror film into my head at that moment. I squeezed my eyes shut and pulled the blankets over my head and slept in a cloth oven that night. By morning time, the figure was gone. I remember running to my mum's room on the verge of tears in the morning telling her what happened. She laughed at me like I was an idiot and told me it was probably just a stray cat that had climbed up there for one odd reason or another. I almost believed her since my window was pretty high off the ground. But something didn't sit right. Later that day, when we were doing yard work, I glanced over at my window and saw one of our metal patio chairs had been pushed up to it. I pointed it out to my mum, who proceeded to chew me out. That's how the cat probably got up there, you moron. Stop leaving furniture everywhere. But I hadn't moved it. It was heavy enough that I struggled with it. So we moved it back, and so began a pattern. At night, I'd see the figure, complain to my mum, and we'd find the chair moved back every single morning. This went on for a few weeks. My mother stopped caring about my concerns until one morning we saw where the outside screen of my window had been sliced open. I still remember her shaking her head and complaining about those damn stray cats that we had still yet to see. I could tell she was unnerved by that development. I couldn't handle it anymore and I opted to sleep in our living room that night. The only problem was our kitchen and living room connected, which meant there were always several windows. The first night of my move went well, despite my back hurting from the couch. I avoided my room like the plague. It wasn't until about four days later we ran into an issue. I woke up and glanced at the clock above the fireplace. It read a little past 3 a.m. I couldn't realize why I'd woken up until it happened again. There was a beam of light shining in from the kitchen window, almost like someone was shining a flashlight in. I saw it trace along the walls and land on the love seat across from the couch I was on. I was mortified. When I told my mum, she continued to laugh at me. I gave in and decided I would sleep in my dad's room, even though it had a gigantic window. 
He slept in the recliner with a huge TV, so I felt more safe having someone around. The yard light was directly outside the window anyways, it seemed foolproof. That was until I woke up out of habitual fear and watched through the window across from the bed. Everything seemed normal as time drove on and I felt like a moron. Maybe my mom was right. That was until I saw a lone figure come out of the woods by the backyard shed, walk directly under the light and head to the patio furniture like he'd been here plenty of times before. I still remember the large build the man had and the confidence like he was the one who lived here and wasn't creeping around my yard in the dead of night. I just remember listening to the TV until I fell asleep again, hoping to get another glimpse. My dad would have been pissed if I had woken him up. He was grumpy on a good day and terrifying on a bad day. I didn't feel like risking it unless I had solid proof because I was scared. The next morning my mum chewed me out again for the patio furniture which was routine almost a month later, but this time something new happened. She demanded I stop playing in the toolboxes of the garage. A bunch of tools had been taken out and left on the doorstep, screwdrivers, a large hammer, flashlights etc. It wasn't me. I begged with my mum and pleaded with her, just stay up with me one night. We couldn't close our garage because it was an open carport and I wasn't going to get my ass beaten for touching tools because of someone else. It was driving me mad. Finally she agreed, that night we would stay awake in the living room. I finally fell asleep before my mum did, but I remember her waking me up in a panic. She pointed to the window that overlooked into our garage. We could see the top of someone's head as they walked back and forth. There was a sound of someone placing metal tools down on the brick steps as if they were trying to be quiet but couldn't fully muffle it. She whispered for me to go wake dad. My dad was angry, having been woken in the middle of the night by his frantic daughter. He grabbed his pistol and headed out from the back door towards the front of the house where the garage was located. We heard dad screaming and someone dropping tools. Then the shot of a gun twice. The frantic footsteps pounding out of the garage felt like they were coming from my chest. My mum peeked out the window then opened the door and my dad stumbled in. He'd missed both shots because of his unstable aim, but told us that there was a man crouching in front of the door looking at our door handle. None of us slept that night, and in the morning, the law from the closest town arrived. They didn't do much, besides ask if anything was stolen, for a description of the man, and then told us to install cameras. That was it. They said the guy was probably just looking for something easy to steal for quick money. If that had been the case, why hadn't he stolen the tools, the generator, the welder, or broken into any of the vehicles just sitting in the garage? We finally set up some hunting trail cameras around the house, but nothing's happened since. Coming home from college for holidays, I still have nightmares about the incident years later when I sleep in my own bed. I don't know what he was looking for, or why he did the things he did. Whatever the case may be, Man at the window, let's not meet. Well guys, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're just dying for another episode and can't wait, go check out our Patreon. There's some exclusives over there. 
Until Monday when the next episode's out, guys, peace out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.